fathered by God. Amen. I've been learning so much about um, my father. Um, you know, in writing this book that I'm writing right now, um, it's helping me to fill in the gaps of the times in my life where I felt lonely, I felt uh, pretty much all alone in this journey. How many felt that, feel that way or have felt that way? Amen. All of us, right? Just you've been through that period in your journey where you're just like, man, I'm all alone. It's just like, I mean, you just feel like, God, where are you? And as I'm writing this book, I'm realizing, and we'll look at that tonight, that he was always there. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, he was not, he may not have been vocal, or I may not have recognized there was him. And as I'm looking through my life, I'm looking at the fact that God was using people Amen. To reach me in my lostness. And what father, amen, would just create his children and just abandon them? You know, uh, not our father in heaven. And as much as I thought that I was all alone in the journey, I want you to, uh, I, I wish, I wish, I you know, I, I, it had to happen this way, but I wish that I would have known God earlier on in my life. I really, you know, my dad just turned 86 yesterday, my earthly dad. 86. My daughter turned 11 today. You know, I'm like, wow, what a big difference, right? <laughs> but at 86 years old, he tells me, and he met the Lord when he was, I believe he was what, 81, 82? No, 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 80. I think it was like 80 when he turned 80. And at 80 years old, this is what he says to me last year when he turned 85. He said, man, I wish I would have followed God earlier on in my life. You know, you know and, and, and it's amazing that God allowed him to live that long. Amen. Only to come to the place now where he has a great relationship with his heavenly father. Now, that's what this series is all about. It's, it's about you and I recognizing that we need this relationship. I, I need my relationship. Listen, I don't know about you, but I, I need my relationship with my father. Because when I have no one to talk to, Come on, somebody. When, when friends don't understand, amen, when relatives don't understand, when, when, when people in my Christian life don't understand what I am facing, I know one thing. I know that I have a heavenly father that does understand. And, and, and as I've been teaching this, I've been running across a lot of people who they've, they've testified to me, they've shared with me that, man, my dad wasn't there. Amen. And if I had my dad in my life, maybe my life would have turned out differently. And as I think about it for a minute, you know, how do I as a child of God 
relate to my heavenly father? How does that, how is that relationship? And so we use the avenue of prayer. That's one thing, right? Actually, that's the main thing that we use, right? Our obedience to the word of God, our service to him. These are all expressions of the fact that I know that I have a father, and guess what? I want to do everything. And here's the thing. As a child of God, you and I should want to please our father. Last week, we stopped in, uh, on our second point, I believe, right? Oh, no, Roman numeral three, right? What does it mean to be a child of God, right? To be God's child. And I told you, I, oh, Galatians 4 was, I, I think that's where I, and that, I didn't go to the next scripture, but Galatians 4 was totally off the chain, right? Galatians 4 really opened it up to me to say, that God has called me what? A child, right? And I'm so grateful to God tonight that I'm no longer on the outside, but I am, I am classified as a child of God. Now, I may be looking for validation from the world or from another system, but I must look for my validation from my heavenly Father and from the Word of God. Galatians 4 says that he calls us what? Children of God. But then he stopped and he said, how can you who are, who, who've been called a child of God go back to what? The elementary things of the world. So in other words, you know, Nicodemus asked the question, how can a man be born again, right? And, be, and so, so we'll get into that in a minute. We'll get into that in, in, in part two. But, but before I would do that, let's go to 1 John tonight. 1 John chapter 3. And, and I want, but, but this, these two passages will come up again. So, you know, I just want you to know that. If you, so if you hear me read it again, you're like, why is he reading it again? Reading it again. Because it's real important. These two scriptures are so important. Galatians 4 is powerful passage. So what does it say in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1? What does it say there? Somebody read that for me. Oh, oh, whoa. See how what? Great or greater? Great a love. Wow. And, and here's the thing. Some people think, well, God doesn't love me. Because if God loved me, then he wouldn't allow this to happen to me. Let me break some news to you. First of all, the reason that stuff happened to you, because we live in a fallen world. James chapter 1 says, you don't blame God for what has happened to you. Okay, because God loves you. But here's the thing. Can I ask something? How many of you discipline your children? How many of you have children? If you don't discipline your children, what would happen? <laughs> They'll be all over the place, right? And the discipline that our Father allows in our lives, sometimes it looks really, really different. 
It's like, man, why me, you know? But if God did not allow that to happen to you, you wouldn't be here tonight. You wouldn't be as committed as you are to him. So God has to show us into some degree that, listen, as a child, I'll get into the disciplined part of his parenting us, but I just wanted to bring that up, right? But he says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, right? Now, that word bestowed, that word simply means to be given or to be granted. He says, see how great a love the Father has granted to us. That's how it reads. Or have given to us. Read read on. There you go. Go ahead. Stop right there. That who? Now, the question I have is, who's the we? Hmm? People? Believers, Christians. There you go. Believers or Christians. See what greater love the Father has bestowed on us. Watch this now. To be called children of God. May I say this to you tonight? It's a privilege. It's an honor to have that title upon you. Come on, somebody, give God a hand clap praise for that. Because prior to, I was what? Lost. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls me a child of perdition, a child of the devil. We belong to the world. Then God saved us. We're going to get into that process of what it means to become a child. But the, the, the thing tonight is, what does it mean to be God's child? It's an honor. That's what I would say. I'd put that somewhere in your notes. It's an honor to be called a child of God. And it was done simply because your father, our father, loved us. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people can't relate with their earthly father, right? So they have, remember I've been saying this, right? So they have a hard time with their what? with their heavenly father because of that relationship that has been broken all of their lives. And, and to submit to another father, in your, our mind's like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. But he says, he says, see how great, oh man, that word, that word great, woo, that word great simply means wonderful. See how wonderful a love the, the Father has bestowed on us that we would be what? Called children of God. Child of God. That's who you are. Now last week I showed you in Galatians 4 you were what? Adopted into the what? Family of God. So you know, you know a lot of people take this thing for granted. The fact that first of all you you were saved and you were you were you were regenerated, God saved you. But here's the thing, God saved you but then he placed you into his family and no longer are you called what you used to be called. Now you're called what? A child of God. Man, that's powerful. 
And because we are children of God, then we ought to carry ourselves. Come on, somebody. We ought to live as if we are truly children of God. Now, how do we do that? We have, remember I told you last week, we have the Holy Spirit. So, yes, we can live to please our Father because the Spirit knows what the Father wants. It's amazing how many believers walk around, watch this, they, are, they, are, they know they're children of God, but they don't act like it. They don't think like it. The mind is a very powerful thing, and if your mind is not fixed upon Christ, and if you're not growing in the faith, and if you're not being washed by the Word of God, saints, your walk with Him will be stagnated. If you're disconnected from the vine, if you do not abide in Him and His words abide in you, He says, you can't do nothing. That's Scripture. He says, what an honor God has bestowed on us to be called children of God. Watch this. And such we are. Oh, I love that. And such we are. Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time you thought about that? That you are, now, along with the title children of God, right, comes, you ready for this? You ready for this? Who said that? <laughs> comes with the what? The responsibility of carrying the name. So here's the thing. I must be filled with love, joy, peace. Come on, somebody. The fruits of the Spirit should be evident in my life because such as I have, such as we are, amen, we are what? Children of God. Now, here's the thing. Now, sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we operate in the natural. But if you only knew the price that was paid. Listen, not everybody can sit in church, y'all. I, I, this, this is stuff I really ponder. The fact that you and I have a privilege, the opportunity tonight to learn from God's word, to understand what he's saying to us, to read the Bible and say, man, I understand what that's saying now. Do you remember when you used to read and it made no sense? I remember those days. Made no sense to me. I'm like, man, what is this? But now God has opened up the plethora of his word. Why? Because I am a child of God. God. And with it be, being a child of God comes the what? The responsibility of carrying that name, watch this, with honor. Amen. Listen, some of us, we carry our earthly father's names. Well, not, well, not some of us, all of us. But here's the thing, but we carry it with pride. I'm a Maroney. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a Williams now. You know, you know when you get married, you, your name changes, right? Do you know why your name changes? Because now you are connected to a new family. As a matter of fact, now you're making your own family. 
and the washes and the responsibility that comes with that is pretty heavy because now you got to raise your own kids. You have to cook your own food. You got to wash your own clothes. You're, you're not part of the family that you were born into. Now you're part of a new family. And being part of that family comes with what? Responsibility. And look what he says here in the text. He says, for this reason, hmm, for what reason? That's the question I have. For what reason? Where are my Bible study students here? They should know this. For this reason, the world does not what? For what reason? There you go. You got to go back to context, right? The context says, because of the great love that I... Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Is that really love? Because it seems like isolation. <laughs> I don't think you're hearing me. You ever notice when you give your life to Christ what happened? The world does not recognize you anymore. You have a new name. I, I don't think you're here at midnight, right? You, you have a new name. You have a new identity. And they no longer know who you are. There, there it is. The text says, for this reason, what reason? The reason that God bestowed that love on you and now he calls you a child of God. But here's the thing. It's amazing how many people go back to the world and they're still known by the world. Here's the thing. When you become part of God's family, people should not recognize you anymore. You know, when I first got saved, my husband, my mom didn't think that, but I knew she was thinking it. Like, is he part of a cult now or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it just, you know, because I mean, he's always at the church. I mean, what's the problem here? You know what? What's go that ever happened to you when you first got saved, right? People are like, why are you always? And listen, the people that talk about you going to church, they don't know you anymore. I don't reckon, and here's the thing, and if they loved you, if they really loved you, they would say, man, something is happening positive in her life now. Not, not a negative. It's, it's not that it's a negative. It's a positive, right? But watch the text. The text says that the world does not what? Know us because it did not know him. So part of, be, part of the, this is what it means to be a child of God. That you will no longer be, rec here's how you know if you're truly a child of God. If the people that you used to know, they don't know you anymore. And I'm talking about, they can't even recognize the person that you have become. And when you become a child of God and you're being fathered by God, your father now is teaching you lessons of life. And you can go back into the world, but guess what? You know you are part of a bigger family, a greater family. You know, some of us, you know, we have a hard time with that rejection piece, right? When folk rejects us, they reject us because we no longer drink, we no longer smoke, we no longer hang out with them anymore on the streets, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, when, when you leave the world, man, listen, folk, folk get mad too, you know, like... You think you holy now. You think you better than everybody. 
you know, you're giving all your money to the church now. Yeah, well, I was giving it to liquor and drugs. <laughs> okay, and guess what? That wasn't getting me nowhere. But now I'm doing something to, to better myself because God chose me from the foundation of the world and he's transforming my life. So thank God for a father that really loved me because that's love. Love that would rescue me from a dying world. Love that would rescue, you, rescue me from my fallenness, from my brokenness. Love that will pick me up when I fall down. That's love. The love of the world is what? They'll step on you. They'll walk over you. They'll tell you you need a psychiatrist. You don't need a psychiatrist. You need a daddy. And his name is Jesus. Amen. I, I just believe that. And he loves you. Loves you so much. Watch this. That he gave you a new identity. Gave you a new name. Look at verse 2. Beloved, beloved, now notice, notice the kind of words he's using now, right? He said, beloved, you know, now we are what? And watch this now. This is the part I want to get to right here. Now that we are children of God, and it has not yet, it has not appeared as yet what we will be. So hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. This, this relationship is very mysterious. See, let me say this to you. It may not look good right now in your life. It may not look the way you want it to look right now. But I want to tell you something. You're part of a family, amen, where your father is concerned about what you will become. And it may not look like anything good is coming out of this right now. Come on, somebody. But if you keep living, if you stay faithful to God, if you stay committed to the calling and stay committed to what he's called you to, eventually you will become everything that he had in mind for you. He says, I love you. You are a child of God. And watch this. As a child of God, watch this, you truly become something. Oh, come on, somebody. And I'm not just talking about your occupation. I'm talking about your transformation. See, because in the world, our occupation gives us purpose. Our occupation gives us significance. But being part of God's family gives you all of that and then some. Because there's something yet to become. So as you live your Christian life and as you mature in the faith, right, what happens then is that, watch this, as you become more mature and as you reach maturity, then, watch this, when you leave this earth, amen, there's still another life waiting for you on the other side of this. Heaven is waiting for you. God is there. Are you with me? Look what he says next. He says, he says it may not appear what we, what, what we will be like, 
It says, uh, and it has not yet appeared what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like who? Because we will see him, there it is, just as he is. You know who he's talking about? Jesus. And what he's saying is that we will, we, the children of God, will be able to recognize him. Listen, the greatest thing that you will be able to recognize in your entire life is Jesus. That he is God. I, I want to state that very clearly. And no one can come to the Father unless, listen, you can tell me you know God, but do you know Jesus? And unless you go through Jesus, you can't get to God. And here's the other thing. When he appears, the Bible says the trumpet would blow. The dead in Christ will rise first. They that remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Look like some X-Men stuff. We'll be raptured up. But what he's saying is that these are one of the benefits Here's one of the benefits. Here's another benefit. That you will recognize Jesus. That's the greatest thing that you could ever do is recognize God's son. Thank you, Jesus, that I know that you're real. Listen, we're not just praying to a cartoon God. The God that we imagine is the God, should be the God of the Bible. And the God that we imagine is found in Scripture. Look what he says. He says, and everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, let me say this to you. And I'm getting off of this verse right here. Watch this. To be able to recognize Jesus tells you, confirms to you, validates to you, that you are a child of God. I met a young lady the other day at, at Food Town. I said, are you a believer? She said, we were talking. She said, are you, said, are you a believer? She said, I don't believe in that no more. I don't believe in, in Christianity anymore. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Now, immediately, <laughs> my apologetic mind went on. I'm like, Really? Tell me why. <laughs> you know, I'm interested in stuff like that. You know, like, tell me why you don't believe in him. There's a lot of believers today in church. church. The church is in a state of emergency today, y'all. Listen, unbelievers are not running to church. They're running from church and they're running from Christians. <laughs> you know why? Because we look just like them. And there's nothing different about us. You see? And why did she walk away? She, 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 I said, so I gave her my card, right? She was checking me out. I said, hey, I tell you what, text me. Oh, oh I said, email me. For, I said, email me. Tell me why. Right? So she texted me. She, so she went on and texted me, right? And she says, this is what she says. She says, well, because, number one, uh, I, I just believe that religion is made up. It's man-made, and it's, 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 she's an atheist, in other words. Right? She doesn't believe in God. She believes that she is God. What a dangerous thing to believe that you're God working at Food Town. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. 
<laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you know, you, if you're God, then why don't you put yourself up like Satan where he was, you know? Why don't you get your, you know, you know, I, I, you know, Satan can bless you too, you know. He can. Satan will bless you to keep you away from God. Did you know that? He will bless you and he'll start blessing you and you thinking it's God that's blessing you. Anything that's taking you away from your calling and your commitment, hello somebody, and your Christ-likeness and anything that becomes an idol, job, persons, people, you know, I mean, things, it takes you away from that. So I said to her, I said, I said, wow, that's interesting. And I, and I texted her back and said, so let me ask you this question. I said, well, what's your source for your information? She said, my source is myself. I said, wow. I said, that's where the problem is. I said, because self, watch this, is unreliable. Listen, she woke up one day and just decided, I don't want to believe anymore. Now, what drove her to that, I believe, you ready for this? Is the internal things that went on in whatever church that she belonged to. This is why as children of God, listen, we're not, we're not, this church is not absent of problems. But we've tried very hard. To make sure that if we have issues, we deal with it. And that our light will shine. But sometimes Satan will set up in a child of God's mind, they ain't for me. Uh, why is this person doing this? So, you know what I mean? You get these little different kind of feelings, you know what I mean? You're about people and things like that, right? And what that is, is the enemy planting seeds of discouragement and discord because he knows that your father has a bigger plan for you. And the level of your attacks shows the level of your usefulness. Come on, somebody. And the level of your attacks shows, watch this, that God has a greater plan for you. Are you following me? So I want you all to pray for that young lady. Pray for her. I'm going to be, I want to try my best to see if I can get her here. You know, you know what I mean? See if we can pray for her and things like that. But I'm going to keep praying for her that God would change her heart. Can you imagine that? Go back to that Galatians 4 right quick. This is where she is. Right here. Go to verse Verse 9, look what it says. But now that you have come to what? Or rather to be known by God. That was that last week, right? The fact that we are even known by God should be like hallelujah, right? Like whoo, you know, like yahoo, right? He says, how is it that you turn back, there it is, to the weak and worthless elementary things to which you desire to be, what, enslaved all over again. Watch verse 10. You observe days and months and seasons and years. Halloween, Mardi Gras, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, they, they put more emphasis on the days. Come on, somebody. Cinco de Mayo, everything, all that kind of stuff. Right? 
we, they observe more days and years. He says, I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you, oh my gosh, in vain. Paul says, hold on, man. How did... How do y'all, how do you go from praising God to saying there is no God? How do you do that? Oh, first of all, now here's the thing. I understand, I understand grief. I understand crisis. I understand those two things. And sometimes in our grief and in our crisis, we say things, we believe things that are not true. Like, why did God do this to me? Like, why is this happening to me? I did all the right things. I lived a good life. I didn't hurt anybody. I paid my taxes. I, you know what I mean? I didn't curse at nobody. You know what I mean? But here's the thing, baby. You are in a fallen world. And, and listen, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But here's the beauty of this, this lesson. I have a father who, took, who takes care of me. And I have a father who took care of my fallen condition. But I don't, want, I don't want your testimony to be that the Lord says, I've labored over you in vain. I've counseled you. I've prayed for you. I've, I've shown you the scripture. And yet, you go back to believing what you used to believe. That shouldn't be our testimony, all right? Let's go to Roman numeral four now. This is on part one. So we aren't meant to figure, this is the part I want to say to you tonight. God never intended you to just figure things out, how to live this Christian life. But before we go there, go to John 14, 18. John 14 and 18. Back up to verse uh, 16 to grab the context. Everybody good? Amen. Y'all quiet tonight. Y'all thinking, huh? That's some deep stuff. Verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus praying, and he will give what? Another, give you. See, God did not mean I just, for you to figure your life out. So what does it mean to be a child of God? Not only are you called, uh, uh, do you recognize Jesus, but here's another thing. Being a child of God means that you have a helper, that you're not alone in this journey. I'll say it one more time. You are not alone. So when you go to do wrong and that, that thing inside of you goes off, say, amen, that's wrong. That's the Holy Spirit convicting your heart to say, don't do that. You are a what? Child of God. Respect your body. Respect your mind. Come on, somebody. Watch what you put in. Last yesterday, we were watching a movie at the house. You know, we you know, thought it was a good action movie, right? And then all of a sudden, I mean, you know, the language was like crazy, right? And we all looked at each other like, man, this ain't cool at all. You know what I mean? You know, it, it should, something should go on inside of you that tells you, baby, this ain't right. Right? Look what it says. Look what it says. He says, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you 
forever. So I am not alone. Now, now the concept of a GPS is what's illustrated here. I'm just illustrated, right? Now, how many of you got, oh, you got cell phones, right? You ever notice that when you go to a particular app, it'll ask you, uh, it'll say, uh, would you like us to, would you allow us to get your accurate location? You ever seen that come up on your phone? You, you know why? Because they want to give you, watch this, precise information. But not only that, but they need to know where exactly where you are in order to deliver, watch this, if it's directions for Google Maps, they need to know your exact location. And the only way to do that is that you have to give, come on, somebody, y'all ain't catching it. You have to give access and you have to authorize, watch this, so that they can find you. When you give your life to Jesus, come on somebody, he needs access. He needs to know your exact location. You need to authorize him in your life so that he can find you when you get lost. Sometimes in this journey, You'll start off doing well, and then all of a sudden you'll start reading, praying, worshiping, and then you get a little lost in the journey. Guess what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit, because you're a child of God, will locate you. Come on, somebody, and tell you, hey, man, you off base. You got to get back on track. Listen, you've been doing this and that and that and this, but really you need to be doing one thing, this. See, that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is placed inside of us so that we can be located, but watch this, but that we can, watch this, that we will always be with someone, watch this, that, so that we're never alone. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You're not alone. I'm going to say it one more time. Let me see if I can say that. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. Watch what he says. He says, this is why I say this, a helper that he may be with you what? Forever. For what? Forever. So in other words, you can't shake the Holy Spirit. If you've been given access, and if you have allowed authorization, you can't go in the settings portion and shut it off. It's done. I wish I had somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. It's done. And as much as you may try to go back to the world to find validation, to find comfort, the Holy Spirit, as a matter of fact, that's one of his attributes. The Bible says he is a comforter. So when you don't feel like it, come on somebody, when, when you don't feel up to par, he comes alongside you. The Bible says that word, the word for Holy Spirit is parakaleo. And the word parakaleo means to come alongside. He is a paraclete. And so in other words, wherever you go, you take him with you. Uh-huh. Even to places <laughs> that you don't belong. Are you with me? Now work at verse 17. It says, that is the spirit of what? Truth. Watch this now. 
This is what it means to be a child of God, y'all. Whom the what? Now, now watch this. Now let's do a contrast. What did 1 John say? 1 John said that the world would not recognize you. John 14 says that the spirit of truth who is in you, you want to know why you... Let me show you something. There are a lot of Christians going back to the world trying to get acceptance. They, they're trying to gain success and all this other stuff. Let me say something. It's not going to work for you. The world doesn't recognize Jesus in you. That's why they don't value your worth. Are you with me? And watch this. If they can't recognize who you are as a child of God, right, how in the world are they going to recognize the spirit that's inside of you? Now, this is why when we go into the world, we don't act godly. Because the world pulls out of us what's worldly. This is why Jesus said, you are the what? Light of the world. You are a what? city set on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. So listen, your light, may, your light may be very dim right now. But it's real important to remember why and, and ask yourself the question, it should not be this way. And, and here's the thing. This is why you come into the body of believers where I can see God in you. You can see God in me. Come on, somebody. You know, I'm not just trying to get your money here. I'm not just preaching for your money, you see. But it's amazing how so many people get fooled because they don't have the spirit of God. They have the spirit of the world. And that's the reason why they gravitate to churches that are worldly. Boy, I wish I had you tonight. Look what he says. He says the world cannot what? Receive. Watch this. It's verse 17. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot what? Receive. Because it does not what? See him or what? Know him. So can I ask you a question? How many of you know God? There's a few of you. Anybody? Nobody? Just, no? I don't know God. Yeah, how many of you know God? But you recognize him, right? You remember when you didn't? You remember when you could not receive from the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something. Right now I'm teaching. Guess who's teaching? It's not me. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Maybe you can't receive what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. It's not pastor speaking. It's what? The Holy Spirit speaking through me. Come on, somebody. And when you answer, that's what, I hope that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Now watch this. Now, now here's, the, here's the irony of not being a believer. First of all, you can't, you're not even a child of God, right? And then number two, the world won't receive you, and the world can't receive the new spirit that you have. And that's why the world will never appreciate you. They will use you for your talent. 
And then when it's all said and done, when, when, when the trumpet has blown and you wake up one day and you realize, man, I've wasted my life doing this when I should have been seeking first the kingdom of God. I see so many Christians, so many children of God, so many, so many believers who are not living on purpose. And here's the other thing. If you have been given a position or an opportunity to serve in God's kingdom, may I say this to you? You are blessed. You're not doing this for me. The Spirit of God has pulled you out and said, hey, I want you to do this. And this is why you must do it as a child of God with love, with, with everything you have inside of you to say, man, I'm doing this not for man, but I'm doing it for who? For God. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. He says, because, and here's the thing, if you can't receive instructions, hmm, you know what that means? Uh, hello. The Spirit of God may not be there. Some people have a hard time receiving instructions. And you know why? Because they can't recognize the Spirit of truth. Because truth, what does truth do? It hurts sometimes. Watch this and we're going to close up. It said, because it does not see him nor know him. But what? Because he what? The you being who? Uh, thank you, thank you, sister. Say it again. Children of God. I'm just, I'm going to stick with that children of God theme, okay? Isn't it good to be a Christian? Isn't it? Come on, give God, come on, give God a praise, y'all. I can recognize Jesus. I, I, I can recognize his, his spirit. I have the Holy Spirit in me. So when I open the word, the word is illuminated to me. That's what, that's what the ministry of illumination is all about. That he illuminates it to you. That when you read it, you're like, man, this, this is deep, man. Look what he says. He says, because he abides with you and will be where? In you. Look at the text. Text says what? Beware in you. Now, now watch this. The word abide, meno, it shows the permanence of it. The word meno in the Greek, the word means to remain. Now, the word be in you, amen, <laughs> has the idea that it's there. It's there remaining in you, not outside of you. You know, sometimes people have these little sanctified conversations, you know. The spirit is around me. No, the spirit is in you. Now, here's the question. How do you know you have the Holy Spirit in you? Okay, I get that. Except in Christ. But how do you know that the Holy Spirit is in you? How many know that you know that you know that the Spirit of God is truly in you? 
Okay. Change of life, what else? Okay, all right. You get convicted. What else? Sister Hunt, you had something? <laughs> Anybody else? He speaks to you audibly? <laughs> he speaks through the word of God, through the man of God. But how do you know that you have the spirit of God in you, right? Okay, I, I take that. A life change, right? That's one. But there's several more. Okay, you don't respond like the world responds. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, you have what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. The last one, self-control. That's how you know. Here's how you know when you're walking in the Spirit. How do you know when you're filled with the Spirit? <laughs> you learned that in seminary. Now, let, let me say this. <clears throat> the sealing is permanent. So the moment you got saved, you got the Spirit. You, you, the Spirit of God now is in you, right? Now, the filling is plurea and then plureo. The filling is temporary. So, okay, it's like putting gas in your car. You, could, you come to church tonight, you get a word. When you, I mean, when you leave here, you feel better, right? You know, you know what's going on right now? You're getting filled up. You're getting filled up. Matter of fact, you're in permanent press, then you're going to get filled up because you got to be washed first. So the, so the word puts you through the washing cycle. Then you got to go in the dryer. Then you come out and you got to fill you up. So when, when you get ready to leave here tonight, you're going to be filled up. Now, here's the thing. If you don't continue praying, continue reading, continue, you know, having this conversation, what happens throughout the week, now you start getting low. So that's why when somebody comes next to you <laughs> and they say something real crazy, right, you're ready to go off. Like, what you talking about, Willis? No, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, because you're not as sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this about the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Notice I didn't call it it. It's he. He has a personality. He has a will. He has a purpose. Amen. And he has all the attributes that belong to God. Now check this out. That same spirit was in Jesus. I don't think you're hearing me. That's why he says here, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another helper. He's saying, I'm your helper that he may be with you forever. That forever peace means forever. But here's the thing, that the Holy Spirit as a child of God that's God's way of keeping up with you. That's God's way of tracking you. I know where you are. I ain't seen you in church for a little while. Boop, 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 boop. I know where you are. I, you know, church folk going to call you, but you know, you, boop, 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 I, I see you. I see you. When you are, listen, it's possible for, to be a believer and be so 
low in the spirit where you go back to the weak elementary things of this world to be enslaved all over again. But God knew that that would happen, so he gave us the Holy Spirit, watch this, so that he would be with us to walk with us throughout this journey. So now here's the question. How do you know you're filled with the Spirit? Hmm. How do you know when you're filled with the flesh? How do you know you're filled with the Spirit? You show the fruits of the Spirit, but also it, it's something that you have an assurance of. Okay, it's, a, it's an assurance that you have that, that, listen, I know that the Spirit of God is in me, so when I'm faced with oppositions, when I'm faced with trials, even in prosperity, I can still be faithful to my Father. Got it? Still be faithful to my father. Still be committed to him. I know that what I'm going through is temporary. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But I have as a child, listen, all I'm trying to say to you, see, here's the thing. When you were born into your family, you had benefits. You didn't even know it. Your mama had to clothe you, bathe you. They had a baby shower. They got all that clothes and pampers for you. You know what I mean? You, when you came into this world, you didn't have to provide for anything that you wanted. Why? Because God gave you what? A parent. Some of us didn't have a parent. See? It's the same way with being a child of God. Being fathered by God. That when my earthly father dropped the ball, my heavenly father picked up. But he had already picked up. He already knew what was going to happen. He was always there he was always there. You and I just didn't recognize him because we were born in sin. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch what it says here. But you know him because he abides in you. Verse 16, verse 17. And will be where? And look at verse 18 though. Look at this. I, I hate to leave you right here. Verse 18. I will what? Hold on a minute. Hold on. There we go. Talking like that again. You know, you know what an orphan is? No parents. No guidance. No. How do you, how do you develop your value systems? Jesus says, I'm leaving you, but I'm not abandoning you. But I'm leaving you, watch this, not as often. He says, I will come to you. Look at verse 19. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you. See the privilege of being a child of God. But you will see me because I live. You also live. You will live also. May I say something to you? And I'm going to close right here. You can live again. That's my words to you tonight.
Listen, you can pick up the pieces and you can live again. You know why I say that? Because Jesus is alive. The grave was empty. When he rose from the dead, he left inside of you his spirit. And because he lives, you can live again. Many of us have messed up many opportunities. But I say this as I close. As a child of God, I can live. I can live, I can live, I can live victoriously. I can overcome the flesh. I can overcome Satan. I can overcome sin. I can live as a child of God. I can have joy. I can have peace in the midst of a dying, fallen world, in the midst of my tragedy, in the midst of my pain. I can live again. But here's the thing. God wants you to live. Listen, stop thinking you don't deserve to live. You do deserve to live. You know why? Because the price was paid on Calvary for you. Amen? Give God a hand clap of praise.